Hello and welcome to another extraordinary archive from Restorative Justice on the Rise, which is an ongoing telecouncil webcast series every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern, providing a platform for dialogue, education, mobilizing, and tools from some of our worlds and our communities leading way showers in the field and much beyond. This archive features a dialogue with a youth team from St. Louis Park High School located in Minneapolis, Minnesota, as well as two of the facilitators working with the school, Oscar Reed and Jamie Williams. They have an organization called The Restorative Way. This was a brilliant dialogue, and it's so important to feature our youth in the movement of integrating and implementing restorative practices upstream and as we deal and learn from conflict. Check out our schedule for the series at restorativejusticeontherise.com and you'll notice that the website is in process of being built into a podcast. We look forward to having that ready in the new year. See you in the near future on Restorative Justice on the Rise and enjoy this archive with Oscar Reed, Jamie Williams, and a youth team of incredible folks from St. Louis Park High School in Minneapolis. Good evening, everyone, and welcome. This is Restorative Justice on the Rise, and I'm your host, Molly Rowan Leach, with thanks to the Peace Alliance for its contribution and co-sponsorship of this ongoing telecouncil webcast series every Thursday, 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern. It's a free series, and the mission is to connect people for important dialogue and uh, resources and education in the field of restorative justice and beyond. You can find out more about this series and its schedule at restorativejusticeontherise.com. You can also check out the website of the Peace Alliance, which has a lot of information about related subjects. Obviously, there's a lot of intersection between restorative justice and peace building in general. One of those important facets is the Youth Promise Act. And of course, as many of you know, tonight we're going to be talking with some incredible youth as well as facilitators from St. Louis Park High School in the Minneapolis area up in Minnesota. This mini-series with Living Justice Press has been an honoring of youth voices and of uh, restorative justice practices in schools. We hope that it provides you a, a great platform for finding out more wherever you are in your own path and journey and contribution to this field or, or a related field. So it's great to have you all here with us. Uh, as always, we have such a great variety of, of people coming in from different areas of the world, especially the United States and Canada. The constituency also is represented from uh, what we might call so-called newbies, <laughs> even though we all know this is inherent to us as human beings, these processes in many ways. Um, and it's also great to have people that are offering their, their wisdom and contribution from whatever angle they're coming in from, whether it be schools, as uh, law enforcement officials, as corrections officials, as stakeholders, and beyond. So welcome to this virtual town hall and council. As many of you probably know, every time we get together, we open up the, usually the second half of the call for live questions. There's been a lot of great pre-submitted questions too. So if you ever would like to pre-submit a question as opposed to, to commenting or making a question live, you can do that during the registration process. I also just want to say real quickly, we're taking next week off due to the Thanksgiving holiday and we'll be back the first week of December with Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice Institute. December will be uh, a half month and then we'll jump into January 2014 with some great guests. Again, for more information, go to restorativejusticeontherise.com. We're also starting a podcast there. I just uh, am really excited tonight before we go into talking with and sharing and hearing from 
our um, wonderful youth. There's five of them tonight. This is the largest guest speaker base that we've ever had on this series in its third season, as well as uh, two adult facilitators um, from the aforementioned high school. Uh, I want to just warmly welcome and honor Sally Kaplan of the Student Peace Alliance, who is here with us tonight. She's the director for the National Student Peace Alliance, and she just want, would like to share a few words about what the Student Peace Alliance is up to. Sally, welcome. Thank you so much, Molly. I think I have more than just a few words for you, but please stop <laughs> me if I go over my allotted time. Oh, please tell us um, what's up with, with the Student Peace Alliance right now. I know there's some great things happening. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thank you for having me on this call. I'm, I'm very excited. Um, so the Student Peace Alliance is a platform through which youth are able to engage in the political process and learn ways to affect political will. We use the format of action teams where all student chapters and general Peace Alliance teams participate in a monthly call and leadership trainings every month that take a consistent monthly action in support of the Youth Promise Act. And sometimes we take actions in support of the Department of Peacebuilding. So students are learning how to lobby their members of Congress and work with the media as well in order to increase co-sponsorship of the Youth Promise Act and to increase general public awareness around the availability of peacebuilding tools and peacebuilding legislation. Our support of the Youth Promise Act empowers students to advocate for a bill that would provide financial support for programs that implement restorative practices, among other types of community programs that show evidence of preventing or reducing youth crime or violence. Uh, many of these programs exist currently in schools, in churches, or at community centers, and there's a high likelihood that restorative practices would receive funding through this bill because of its effectiveness in terms of reducing violence and its cost-saving potential. The Student Peace Alliance has been mobilizing students to do legislative advocacy, but we also work to help bring about peace-building events on campuses and schools throughout the country. In addition to supporting the advocacy portion of Student Peace Alliance, I also work personally with students to support any events or activities or programs that chapters are doing at their schools or in their local communities. We have one chapter that is currently putting on a sustained dialogue seminar um, and another chapter that's currently organizing a youth read-in day for an elementary school um, in their community. So it's pretty amazing. Um, what these students are able to do, and, and I'm so honored and grateful to um, be able to support the work that they're doing on their campuses and in their communities. If you're interested in starting an SPA chapter or in getting involved in any way, please uh, visit our website, which is studentpeacealliance.org. You can click Join SPA and fill out a simple form, or you can just email me directly at sally at peacealliance.org, and I'll reach out to you very quickly to talk about your interest in our program. And you don't have to start a chapter to participate in our monthly actions. Um, if you're part of a student club that does peacebuilding work, um, you can also have an affiliate relationship with us, where, with us where we work as partners and collaborators on events and actions. So I want to thank you all for, for giving me this time, and I welcome any questions or comments you might have. Um, we, you may have to email me those questions or comments. Um, I know I took a couple of minutes, uh, but I, I really hope that um, you're, you're able to reach out and connect with me if you have an interest in SPA. And Sally, how can people stay in touch with you if they might want to just ask a direct question to you? And I know that later on tonight, of course, during our Q&A time, uh, people can press 1 on their telephone keypad, and are you still going to be on with us tonight? Absolutely. On? I'll be okay. on with you for the whole rest of the Great. call. Um, but if you, if you want to email me, uh, my email address is just sally at peacealliance.org. It's S-A-L-L-Y. Um, and I will get back to your email questions as soon as I can. Wonderful. And how do people find out more specifics about the Youth Promise Act? You can visit our website, uh, studentpeacealliance.org. We are currently in the process of updating a lot of that information. So my suggestion would be uh, if you want to learn about Youth Promise Act, 
you can either email me directly and I can send you materials, or you can check out the Peace Alliance's website which is just peacealliance.org. All of the updated Youth Promise Act materials are posted on that website including one-pagers, two-pagers, fact sheets, etc. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much for the amazing work that you're doing with the Student thank Peace you. Alliance as well as the National Peace Alliance. And we'll, we'll hear more from you, I hope, later on tonight as we I open hope up so. for live Q&A. So Thanks, Sally. Awesome. All right, so again, welcome everyone. If you're just arriving, we are about to open up an extraordinary conversation with five youth from St. Louis Park High School in Minneapolis in that area, and also with Oscar Reed and Jamie Williams, who are from the Restorative Way. Um, they have combined experience of o over many decades of facilitating circles as well as conducting trainings in restorative justice and restorative practices. So in order to really honor our youth um, speakers tonight, I'm not going to go into detailed introductions. I just want to um, presence the field of honoring them and of all youth who are participating in these cutting edge processes. And uh, let's just start out tonight um, and first of all, again, by welcoming all five of the youth um, whose names are Malik, Jamila, Angel, Irene, and Kadisha. And what we're going to do is we're going to have them do a little round. Um, whoever would like to start can start out by just sharing. What we're going to do is start out by just saying your name again, um, what grade you're in, and again, all these kids are at St. Louis Park High School, um, young adults that is, youth, and um, how you got into this process, what your experience has been, anything about your life you'd like for us to know um, before you came into uh, contact with restorative practices and, and justice. So whoever is, is uh, interested in starting, go ahead. Uh, hello, everyone. My name is Malik. I am an 11th grader at St. Louis Park Senior High School. Uh, I found our circle group from a friend of mine. He said that it's a great group to go to that is helpful and the people are nice and, you know, it's a way to be able to communicate in a respectful way where everybody is on the same page and is going through the same thing that you are going through. Yeah. Hi, um, my name is Kiriza. I'm a senior at Lewis Park High School. Um, and we're having a little trouble hearing you, dear. Can you switch over to the landline so that there's no reverb? Your voice is not coming through full. Okay. Yeah. Given and thanks everybody on the line tonight in this room. We're going to just need to be a little patient. We've got so many great guests tonight, and we want to honor their voices. So, Kadisha, get on that landline and let's try again. Hi, my name is Kadisha, we're still having trouble hearing you, dear. Let, let's, uh, let's have the next participant try here, and maybe you could switch out with Malik's phone um, if possible. I'm so sorry we're having trouble there technically with you. Okay, hi, I'm Jamila. I'm also a junior at St. Louis Park, and I heard about the restorative group last year from my sister. And she told me it's very confidential and you can trust anybody with what you say. And like Khadija was saying, you can go there and talk to people, you know, be safe for everything. So yeah. Mm -hmm. And would you mind, Irene, uh, if could you speak to if if Khadija doesn't mind, could you try and reiterate what she said since you you could probably hear her a little better than the rest of us could? Uh, can you hear me now? Sorry. That's a little better. Yeah. Okay. Awesome. Um, I 
again. Sorry about that. Try and speak up as best you can, dear. My name is Tanisha, and I am a senior um, at the senior high school. Um, and I got to know the school, um, the restorative group by a friend also. Um, and uh, like um, Ms. Malik, um, my friend said that I Okay, Kadisha, dear, we're we're not going to be able to um, hear you. Whatever's going on on that end, I'm so sorry about that. Um, we're we're going to have to pass the mic back over to somebody with a different mic. I'm I really apologize for that. But uh, could we hear from Angel? I'm Angel, junior at St. Louis Park Senior High School. Uh, I was introduced to the restorative circle by a teacher, actually. He saw me struggling in class, and then he told me to go check it out, and I did. And then I found great resources to help me succeed in school and not a, and outside life. Hmm. Wonderful. And I have we heard from everybody, all the all the youth so far. Um, no, not me, Irene. Okay, Irene, come back. Hi. Yeah. Hi. Welcome, dear. <laughs> Hi, my name is Irene. I'm a junior or a senior at the high school. Um, I joined the circle through various friends who talked about it and talked how they they could establish relationships through other people and having friendships that not only is like in the circle, it also goes out in the hallways and finding other people to rely on. And if you have questions or help or any issues, you could go to. And for me, it's been a great experience. Mm. Well, I know that we're going to try and go into a little bit more of the ground level aspect of what happens at your school um, and possibly also in your community. But before we do that, I'd really like to, again, warmly welcome Oscar and also Jamie. Um, That's Oscar Reed and Jamie Williams who are with The Restorative Way. And um, maybe if we could start out, Jamie, with you, by just sharing a little bit about uh, what got you into this work uh, so long ago and, and, and you've dedicated a long period of time, a couple decades, to, to these kids and just hearing from you what's important to you, what, what brought you into it. And then we'll go over to Oscar. Okay. Um, I'll try and keep it brief how I got into it. Is the voice coming out okay? You I sound great. I in the other room. Okay. Yeah, you uh, sound great. So 15 plus years ago, there was a little more money around than there is now. Things were going a little better. And in Minneapolis, neighborhoods were individually given X amount of dollars, and the neighborhood got to decide what they wanted to do with the money they were given. So every neighborhood got to make their own decisions. And the Seward neighborhood in Minneapolis decided they wanted a neighborhood community restorative justice program. And so my work sort of grew out of that. I went to um, mediation training and family group conferencing training. And um, it was kind of funny because when they wanted me to go to peacemaking circle training, I said, I really don't have four days for something uh, better be good, kind of teasing. And um, it was Kay Pranis and Judge Barry Stewart from the Yukon Territory and Jessica Jackson Hughes from the University of Minnesota. And it was a phenomenal experience. And I realized in, in that training that I think this process is what I've almost gotten fired from a few jobs in the past for promoting and was very happy to be among a group of people that thought this was the way to go, whether to look at something that's been done as what's needed as opposed to what needs to be punished or um, and so my, part of my job at the time was to get the community more involved with the schools in the neighborhood and the neighborhood with the schools and that's when I that's when I started out um, in the Seward neighborhood and I've just stayed with this work ever since and I, I feel like once I sat in the circle, I've never left and don't plan on ever leaving. So I think it's a very powerful way to connect with uh, with people. And I've had an amazing work partnership over the years with Oscar and formerly with Chuck Robertson, who passed away 10 years ago. So the three of us have had a great uh, opportunity to work together. Could Could you speak, Jamie, before we 
uh, open the mic to, to welcome Oscar just a bit about your view of honoring indigenous practices and per, you know perhaps peripheral uh, cultures, so to speak, and how they inform restorative practices. I think it's. I think for me, it's it's been sort of a difficult road as a as a white woman. But when I was first getting into this work and learning it, my good friend Chuck Robertson Sr. Um, was often explaining to me about his work with the circle. He was a um, uh, educational administrator with using the circle premise at Heart of the Earth Survival School here in Minneapolis, and he was a counseling psychologist who also used the premise of the circle. And as my friend tried to teach me many for many years about the process, and then I learned the process separately from him in another job, and that was really the key for me, I think, having a deeper understanding and um, uh, sort of learning from him um, ways of being that were extremely different than maybe what was in our educational system, but but working. Um, I, I feel like, it, I, I guess I just feel like sometimes there's discussion about restorative justice and, and how new it is, and I think it's actually ancient. It's, it's incredibly ancient, and that there's cultures as simply as I can put it right now in the moment, I think some cultures walked away from the circle way of being and some cultures didn't. And thank heavens for the ones that didn't because I think it's a way of being that's going to kind of save us in education and, and really save us in general today. So mm. um, I guess that's mm-hmm. kind of briefly. Thank you. Wow. Well, it's great that. to, it's so good to have you all with us tonight, Jamie. And I just, I want to honor Oscar and open up the mic to, to you, Oscar. Welcome. Well, thank you. It's so great to have you here. And uh, could you just just start out with a little bit about your work and what got you into the work, and and maybe a few words about the restorative way as well. Uh, yes, um, my story is a little bit similar to Jamie's, just because uh, we do have a mutual friend who is uh, Chuck Robinson Senior. However, um, um, I got into it uh, um, through community. Um, there was an organization uh, in our community who was established to to work with uh, young juveniles who had gotten into trouble, um, and the the, uh, the city uh, used our organization, which used the circle to. To work with these young people who had who had broken the law, and they had an option of either going through the community circle or going to uh, juvenile court. So we would often uh, do those cases in the community circle, and it and it went on went on. I got involved in circles in in school. I was invited to schools to um, establish uh, circles, and that was about uh, Years ago, and it's been going ever since. So that in a snapshot, that's the way. And so, tell us a little bit about what's going on at St. Louis Park High School and how that got started. There, you know, there's a lot of common questions over this mini series that we've had that um, surround really the basic question of how did you get it up and running. Could you speak a little bit about that, and then we'll, you know, we might uh, go back to our our youth and talk a little bit about how it works. But how did it get started? Uh, originally, um, I was a, um, I think she was a social worker at St. Louis Park who had heard about the work I was doing in the community, uh, invited me to St. Louis Park High School and to work with um, uh, the young people there. Uh, she didn't know about circle. She in the NFL, and of course, uh, with that, I was uh, occasionally invited out to speak to certain groups, you know, um, using that platform, mm-hmm. but when I got 
Also you said you were with the NFL. Is that is that true? I think yes. we lost you for a moment. You you were a play oh, uh, uh, a coach or a. No, I was a player. Like, uh-huh. Uh huh. Back with How the interesting. Vikings back in the seventies. Minnesota Vikings. 70s. <laughs> yeah. So I I used to do a lot of speaking engagement because of that. Mm-hmm. And and then I got involved with uh, restorative practices with the circle. Uh, went through a number of training and uh, and uh, get involved her school and and that's how fifteen years later uh, almost every day I attend this park and with enough Particularly, kids of color at that school had been, who had been struggling uh, in many ways there. Mm-hmm. So that's how uh, that's, you know that's the uh, little bit of the history of my participation in uh, circles at Central Park. Mm. Thank you. Let, let's hand the mic over to um, to Jamie for a second with that same question. Jamie, what is your perspective on how it got started? And then we'll go uh, over to the youth for a little bit about what happens. Yeah, I think I heard Oscar say it's almost a daily process now. In, in a lot of schools it is. I think there's schools on the spectrum. Somewhere. Jamie, I need you to get closer to the mic, please. Okay. I think I, I was in the other room that was working better. Now we can't hear you, Jamie. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go ahead and thanks everybody who's participating tonight for your patience with our technical uh and um, so let's go, let's go over to the youth and see what they have to say about the um, process. And I'm going to open up the youth mics now. And whoever would like to start, um, I hope, Kadisha, that you don't feel left out, dear. But um, let's, start, let's start possibly here with Jamila. Um, Jamila, are you there? Jamila, are you there? Yep. yep. Okay, so you want to Jamila, say how we do it, how we do the circle. Yeah, and and for anybody who might like to add a little bit more about how it got started at your high school, if you have that perspective or that knowledge, that would be great because I think a lot of people want to hear about that. Well, I'm not really sure about how it got started. I haven't been there for that long. But what we do in our circles is we go around one time. We have a talking piece in the circle guidelines. And we go around and pass the talking piece and say how we're doing, how our week was, and stuff like that. And then we just have a speaking topic or somebody reads a poem or something they found powerful, interesting, that they wanted to share with the group. And then we'll go around and talk about the subject that somebody put out for the group to talk about. And so what, from your perspective, what, what do you see happening? Um, do you have a memory of, of an experience of doing something else that didn't seem to be working so well, if there even was a process, and what, is, what the difference is now that, um, you know, that you have a circle process in place? What are you, what are you witnessing that, that might be different? Well, before the circle, like, I'm sure a lot of people were dealing with problems and stuff, and then when they came to the circle, I'm pretty sure they found, like, confidentiality where they can just go and talk to people, and I'm sure it changed their lives, how they have a perspective on things and stuff like that. Thank you so much. Is is there anybody else, um, the youth, that would like to speak to this question? Well, I think that the process for this circle is actually very effective because, you know, for me, starting as a freshman, I didn't know really much about this circle. But going to it continuously, I started to see that, you know, it actually does change and it does help you because it makes you feel connected and you have other people to rely on. And, you know, you don't have to be scared of going the, through high school alone. Mm. And, you know... A lot has been um, openly discussed on many of these these councils about um, 
bringing up the fact that there is racial profiling in the justice system right. and there are youth that are being, um, you know, meted out from the rest. Um, and right. I, I, the statistics are really terrible and scary. And, you know, Michelle Alexander's work, who was a former guest of ours here on this series, uh, The New Jim Crow, is a powerful call to the truth of what is currently existing in our country and, you know, that we're facing a prison to, you know, school-to-prison pipeline right now um, and that perhaps, you know, we really need to be talking about this openly. So I just, given the fact that we're honored with the presence of so many wonderful African-American kids and facilitators tonight, I wonder if anybody would like to speak to this tough question of, uh, you know, the question really isn't a question, it's more rhetorical, but like, what do you think restorative justice can do for this, uh, this terrible problem that we have in the United States? And any right, of well, you can, can answer that. Feel free. Well, I'm not African-American, but I'm Hispanic, but I feel like we still go through the same struggles. Uh-huh. And, and yeah, the, this program or the circle, like, it does touch about this topic that's actually very concerning in our school just because... For me, example, I would take advanced classes and it would be very difficult for me to, you know, do my best because you'd always be that outcast, you know, and you'd always be that person who, you know, everyone looks at. But this group actually, you know, like I said before, like it helps you go through high school together and it makes, like you're not the only one in those classes and you're not the only one who's going through this problem. So are you, um, are the youth here tonight are all of you facilitators as well as participants? Do do each of right. you have both sides of, of that coin going for you? Have you yes, both yes. been? Uh-huh. Okay, great. And so let's go back just for a moment to that, that discussion, though. Um, how, do, uh, how do the restorative justice practices ways um, differ in what they offer for open and honest conversation and what how does that support the um you know the race bias question or you know or the bullying question or you know the the things that are very real in this culture that you know if we face them openly and much sooner than later can prevent our kids many of them african american many of them you know what? What's so-called minority in the, in this country uh, mm-hmm. from from being um, put away into an endless cycle of imprisonment? Right. Um. From my perspective, I, I see that. Oh, hi again. It's me, Khadija. I hope you guys. Oh, great! Me. I'm so um, glad to hear you. <laughs> yeah. Um. So, from my perspective, um, I believe that the rotor- like the restorative groups bring out a different person of um, a, bring a different person um, than the outside world and when once you sit down in a circle where everyone's equal um, and you speak about the raw emotions that you really have underneath all of those layers of struggle um, you bring out a different part of yourself you bring out a different part where not a lot of people see and um, from my point of view I think that brings out um, a self-reflection moment where you don't get that um, reflection upon yourself often, and um, once you're outside of the group, um, and once you've gone through that self-reflecting moment, and you um, see for yourself what you really feel, um, you go out there and you think about what you have done. So, for example, like you said, um, the barrier between education and um, students actually getting in juvenile and getting in trouble, this restorative group would bring out um, a different side of the child of the student who sits there and just reflects upon what they have done in their past and what will they will do in their future. And um, the thing about that is that um, when it comes to ju- juvenile things, when a student does a crime or things like that, um, they, are, they are punished. That is the mindset. Um, they are seen as a cr- criminal and they aren't asked of why or how you could have done such a thing. Right. But in a restorative group, you sit there and you have to explain it to yourself. You question your own being, question your own actions and aspects, and then you understand why you have done what you have done. And, um, yeah, mm. it just brings out a different part of you, right. a raw part of you. Wow. 
Mm-hmm. That's really beautifully put. Thank you so much. And Kadisha, um, while while your sound is so great, let, let's keep you here um, with the mic, okay. if you don't mind. I'd like to ask you another question about uh, how does a typical process work at your school? And again, I think we we said that uh, we discussed earlier that it was happening once, um, almost one, you know, every day of the week, meaning four to five times a week. But mm-hmm. w- what's really occurring and, and what are some of the bulwarks within the system too? Who's, who are the players that are supporting this process? Are you working with, for example, the principal, school counselors, a resource officer? Who's, who all is involved in that network? Um, well, nobody could forget about Oscar. Obviously, Oscar has been playing a large part in... Right. Uh, <laughs> Besides Oscar so, and so Jamie, obviously. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, most of the time, we, uh, what happens is that you will surprisingly see um, that students come together, and they love coming together. Um, you'd expect that usually when um, restorative groups are set up, um, that uh, adults will promote the idea, ensure the adults will promote the idea, but um, there's this weird bond, this unspoken of bond that happens, um, and the students tend to lean towards each other and want to know about each other more often. And um, the, the cool thing about that is our principal and um, vice principal have found interest in this because um, through history, um, apparently we have been, students have been getting into less trouble, less fights, um, less violent actions were occurring inside the school, and um, thus bringing out a lot of more promotion towards restorative groups. And um, there's a lot of people who come in, like teachers sometimes sit in with us and just listen to us, and they are so surprised to see that we have a different aspect to ourselves um, and that we actually speak from our soul rather than from textbooks and from facts and from history. We speak of who we are. We speak of our race, our struggles, our angers, um, what boils us, what what brings out the soul from us. And, um, yeah, they, they, they're amazed that um, we have so much inside, and usually they don't see that in classroom mm. um, atmospheres. Mm. Well, let's open up the mic again to the youth uh, group, and we'll do this as best as we can. I'd like to okay. hear from another youth about a particular story that they might want to share about what you know, whether you've witnessed it for yourself or uh, in someone else, a transformational story, perhaps, um, or a challenge too that was presented that w- perhaps was overcome. So I'm going to open up these mics for a minute until um, someone is comfortable and steps up, and then. Um, We'll we'll, uh, talk about that for a minute, and then we're going to also open up for live questions. So if you want to ask a live question tonight, press 1 on your telephone keypad, and we're going to get to some of the excellent pre-submitted questions as well. So is there a youth that would like to uh, tackle a story of some sort? Uh, Malik here. Um, My freshman year, I witnessed a a friend of mine. Some trouble at school, and I'm not talking like little trouble. I'm talking about trouble where if you say those things to an adult in the school, you get expelled. And I asked the principal if I could talk and speak with this student and see if I could help him change his mind about what he said and if we can help him in some way that would get him out of the trouble that he has, you know, that he's gotten himself into. So I decided that I wanted to sit down with him, with the principal and the, our school liaison officer, and be able to, you know, resolve the conflict that was going on. So I did that, and, you know, I used the method that Oscar showed us, that, you know, that the circle can help us in ways that are incredible. And the way that I did that was I had him say how he really felt to the teachers and to the school liaison officer to see what was really wrong with him. And I, you know, I got him to speak his mind, speak the truth, and tell everyone how he really felt. And, you know, the school actually respected what he said. So, you know, I helped him out, got him into a little anger management program that's helped him out. And now he's actually a wonderful student in school now. Mm. 
Thank you for that. And just uh, welcoming anybody else that might uh, in the youth group have a story that they'd like to share. We can also pass the mic over to Jamie or Oscar um, uh, for a brief story, and then uh, we'll answer a live question. One of the things I wanted to comment on uh, is the fact that um, how um, conflict and violence has is like um, really decreased this this um uh, suspensions are down explosions uh almost don't exist anymore and mm. and uh, and talking to the principal uh he contributes to the the restorative work that's being done in in the building uh as some of these students have said already what um what this what this approach does is help create and establish relationships. And if you have a relationship with someone, the chances of you uh, pounding someone's head into the wall is uh, almost non-existence, you know. And arguments are settled in an in a, in a, uh, adult manner way, you know. So there, there are a lot of, um, a lot of aspects to this that Really, uh, sometimes you, you you just don't notice things that are happening behind the scenes, and as a result of, uh, of the work that we're doing. Hmm. That's a par- powerful statement. Um, the and the relationship piece is oh, really yeah. yeah, it's a biggie. Well, I I really would love to involve our. Uh, council members in the dialogue, and there's some some hands up. So I'm going to open up the line and welcome Sandy into the conversation. And Sandy, if you wouldn't mind, uh, Sandy, if you wouldn't mind directing your question to um, whichever uh, the speakers you would like to, you're live. Welcome. Hello. Welcome, yes. Sandy. Sandy, you're live. Welcome. Okay, hold on. Okay. Okay, I guess maybe Sandy didn't wasn't ready for a question, but um, I'd like to acknowledge all again all of the pre-submitted questions tonight. There were some great ones, and one of them has to do. Um, thank you, Kim, for this question. She says she's interested in training high school students to facilitate dialogue circles in their school. She says they're already doing it to some extent, but its implementation is inconsistent and is not having the effect it could. And she asks, what is the best way to get the students interested, invested, and invested in doing them with or without the staff? So I'll let that be fielded by maybe you, Oscar, or Jamie, or one of the youth. Um, I'm opening uh, up all the mics. Yes. Um, Here's the situation. You know, we spend uh, most of our time building this, and it's not about most of the time. Ninety percent of the time we are meeting, it's not about conflict or harm or anything like that. It's building the community by sitting in a circle and, and talking and and, and uh, getting to know each other and and uh, helping each other. Um, I've, I've watched the kids that I work with. If someone was in academic trouble, they would form a, um, a study group. Um, when someone was upset about something or was upset about a teacher, they would bring the teacher and the student together. And, you know, sometimes I just stand back. Now, you're going to wait for the fight before you come together. It's not going to work. It, it's not going to work because the trust isn't. You can't wait till something happens to, mm-hmm. to to make this work. You got to continually sit on a daily basis or weekly basis. I, Oscar, I've I've heard um, the term quite often used uh, upstream of conflict, and that actually ties into another question from Lori. 
Um, thank you, Lori, for that question, the question this, this question actually, which is um, she asks, what programs are in place to create a positive school culture and to do preventative work using all academic subjects, including the arts, to make it cool to care instead of to be cruel? Did you want to respond to that, Oscar or, or Jamie? Jamie, your mic's open again. Can you hear me all right now? I'm having a lot of trouble staying in. Are you there, Jamie? Yeah, can you hear me? Yeah, you sound a lot um, better. Okay. Um, yeah, I've been, I'm so sorry. I've been having a lot of trouble keeping my phone connected, so I've been a little preoccupied. That's okay. Just um, uh, just would love to hear from you about your thoughts on on that that particular question or anything else you'd like to share. The particular question being um, from Lori: What programs are in place to create oh. a positive school mm -hmm. culture and and how we stay upstream of conflict co uh, concerning RJP? You know, one thing, one um, idea that uh, was developed in Milwaukee Public Schools after we were there doing some training, I think is amazing uh, what they're doing is some of their social studies high school teachers are interested in teaching the philosophy of restorative practices and in particular the circle and kids are earning credit in a class, learning the, learning the philosophy and the process. While the class is going on, if a conflict occurs in the school, they'll call the class and say, hey, something's going on right now. Is your class prepared to deal with the circle? And um, I've had a chance to talk to a couple of these young people recently, and they, are, they just love it that they're learning it in their class and they're getting experience in their class. And personally, it's something I wish that Minneapolis would take a look at or that other high schools would consider because it's been an amazing thing for some of the students at high schools in Milwaukee. So, so um, as far as uh, various routes uh, in academic subjects and programming, have you seen have, have you seen it, ha, have you seen restorative justice applied and practices and philosophies applied to various academic areas or creatively woven in somehow? Or I think it's ironic because in my experience often in high schools, math teachers particularly gravitate to the circle. And I think I've, I've just assumed over the years and really trying to think about why that is, is perhaps just, you know, really getting to know kids on a level other than academics is difficult in a math class. Mm -hmm. And I actually know a couple math teachers have been what I consider courageous enough to, they do circle in their classrooms on Mondays with their students finding out what happened over the weekend, and teach math Tuesday through Friday. And the people that have done that have found that they're teaching way more math, the kids are comprehending more, and they have way better relationships going on in their class when they opt to uh, use that one day a week for circle. Uh-huh. Interesting. Yeah. And, and actually, that, um, that, that ties into another very popular question and subject not only of this mini-series, but of the ongoing broadcast, uh, which is um, the, the, you know, the, the fact that, um, uh, excuse me, I'm, I just lost my place here. Um, the, yeah, I, I lost my place completely. So let's just move on for a minute here and take a live question, and I'll get back to that in just a moment. Um, welcome, Jim, you're live. Good evening. Um, I, I got two quick comments. The one is upstream of conflict concerns me a little bit because all the years I've been doing this work, I believe just conflict is a natural thing that happens in the, and the key to the deal is, is managing it in a peaceful way. And I, I don't think people should be afraid of conflict as long as they have some way other than you know, beating each other up or killing each other to resolve conflict. There's lots of other ways and what we're about is teaching kids how to do that early on. And so I, I don't quite understand this upstream of conflict thing. Hmm. That's one thing. I don't know what that means. And the second thing is, uh, with respect to circles, um, we started in our community with circle work with adults, and it turned out there was about 40, or more, more, almost 50% men showed up, which almost, made, you know, I fell out of my chair. A lot of them were school people. And that led to what we're now doing, which is 
peer mediation groups that are working really well and involving everybody in the school, janitors, bus drivers, yard supervisors, teachers, kids are doing the mediation work. And they're all involved in the process of learning how to resolve conflict. So I'm really jacked about the possibilities. So those are my two thoughts. <laughs> Thank you, Jim. Jamie or Oscar or, or the youth team, do, does anybody want to respond? Well, I think the way that he's saying that upstream conflict is just, you know, just preventing things before as like a student perspective. Like I've seen people get into conflicts, you know, and teachers just don't don't want to mess with it. They don't want to have a problem with it. But, you know, there's things that happen outside of school or online or uh, or internal like disagreements and that's what produces conflict and the circle like it it reduces that because we talk about the problems beforehand. Mm. And actually, thank you. And and who was that responding, please? Irene. This is Irene. <laughs> thank you, Irene. Yeah. That actually loops back. And thanks again, Jim, for your participation. Anybody else that would like to uh, comment or ask a live question, press 1 on your telephone keypad. And also remember that we have the wonderful Sally Kaplan with us from the Student Peace Alliance if you have a question or comment for her tonight. Um, and where I had lost my place just a moment ago was the fact that we continually ask, and um, Patrick tonight had asked a question beforehand about the fact that school days are already packed and principals are overwhelmed with requests for more emphasis on academics. So he asks, where do you find the time in the school day for circles, educating teachers, educating kids, and other stakeholders? And so this is really a common thing that comes up when we're talking about um, RJP in schools. And last week, Nancy Riestenberg was with us, and of course the week before, Carolyn Boyce Watson, who both have done extensive work with youth in schools. And they had an, uh, both ex had extraordinary responses to a similar question as this. And so I'm looking forward to hearing um, response from any of you tonight. So I know we're already on topic with that, and Irene, you already gave kind of an answer to that. But does anybody else want to respond? Um, is this you, Oscar? Yes. Okay, great. Okay, Oscar, come back. Okay, go ahead. Can you hear me? I can hear you. Go ahead. Okay. Um, at St. Louis Park, um, the circle is scheduled in like any other class. Um, the kids come for an hour, and when that hour is up, they go to the next class, and it's and it's done weekly. And when if there's a an, uh, something urgent that happens, um, I'll request extra time to deal with it, and and it often. Uh, uh, granted that time, if there's a uh, if there's going to be if I get wind of a uh, a conflict or a fight that's going to happen after school, if I know who the students are, I pull them into a circle and I get full support of of the administration. So it's uh, as far as um, yeah, the kids they'll miss a class a week. Ideally, the way it's set up, they shouldn't miss more than one class a week to attend uh, a restorative circle. And don't forget, uh, all along, they're building and strengthening relationships all the way along. Right, and, and it appears, of course, although statistics may not be showing up fully and completely, in particular to how do you measure time saved, but it seems like for working programs like what you've got, um, there would be... I'm sure quite a few teachers who could say that they've noticed a significant difference in their time and energy and attention, right? Right, absolutely. I, I get comments from teachers all the time. I often invite teachers to sit in some of our circles, and, and, and they do, and they're quite surprised. 
this is Jamie. Can you hear me? Go ahead, Jamie. Yes. Well, I just I wanted to mention there's another configuration at a high school in Minneapolis that I've really appreciated. And over the years, they've changed the subject. But like last year, they called them ninth grade learning communities. And all the ninth graders in the high school are involved in circles. And like they had, I think last year, there were five science teachers. And so on Thursday, I would be, Oscar and I would be in the classroom with that teacher and that teacher would do circles all day with their students and not teach science. Then the next Thursday we would do with another science teacher. So technically the, the students were only missing one class every five weeks. However, they were in circle with their teacher and so the relationships that, that were being built in the classroom were amazing and those teachers again felt like they were actually teaching more even though they backed off of teaching to do circle because of the relationships they were able to form. And they were just ongoing during the whole school year. Mm. And, and also, as, again, as a student, this is Irene, by the way, as a student perspective, again, like, even though we don't have circle, you know, for some reason one week we don't have it, you know, we always have other relationships we can go to and also to Oscar, you know, whenever we have a question or any conflict, we can go to him and, because teachers go into circles and they see what we actually do, they have more understanding of what actually goes through the circle. So then we can go talk to them and they'll understand as well. Mm. Well, let's turn our attention towards um, some comments from the youth again. All of you, I want to give a chance for another round before we close tonight of just general comments. Uh, does um, do we still have Angel? Yes. Angel, I just wanted to hear a little bit more from you, from you about uh, your perspective on, on what we've been talking about tonight or any closing comments that you'd like to share. Thank you again wow. for being with us tonight. and We've had such a big group, but uh, you guys have been great. So just uh, we're going to wrap up here now. But um, closing comments, please. Angel, go ahead. Oh, um, thank you for having us. Well, thank you. And uh, Malik? Uh, yeah. Uh, I'd just like to say that this was a wonderful experience to be on this, you know. Uh, uh, thanks to the people that, you know, access questions and everything. It was very wonderful. Uh, yeah, that's all. And I have a question for you, Malik. What would you say to um, a fellow student at any high school in the United States who is skeptical of this process? I'm sure you've seen that in your own peer groups. What would you say to them? I'd say, you know, don't be afraid to speak up to anything. If you have something on your mind, you have a voice. There's a reason why you have that voice. Speak it out and say what you have to say. Don't be scared. Just, you know, speak from your soul. That's what that's what I encourage everyone that is on this to do. Just, you know, if you see something, speak up for what you believe in and you know, it'll take you anywhere you want. It's very believable. Hmm. Wow. Thank you. Kadisha. Yeah. Any closing comments tonight, dear? Um, just like Malik said, I um, agree with everything that he said so far. Um, and the fact that we all, like, the fact that us as the youth um, are stating that, yeah, this actually works, um, should be enough of a reason to try it out. And it doesn't hurt to try out something new and experiment with your students because at the end of the day, you won't lose anything. You'll gain more understanding and more experience towards your goal. Mm. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you so much. And Jamila, are you there still, dear? Yep, yep I'm here. Thank, Thank you, for you for having us. This was a wonderful experience. Together and do it again. And I would encourage everybody to try Circle. It's really helpful. 
Yes. Wonderful. And I believe we still need to offer the mic to you, Irene. Who, who yes, else? Yeah. Who else hasn't had closing comments? I think everyone has, except for Amy and Oscar. But for me, you know, I just want to say thank you again uh, for this wonderful experience. You know, it's it's the first experience I've had, and and you know, for people who ask questions, thank you for your questions also, and I hope it actually helps for something. And you know, for me, just words I have to say is, you know, just work hard in high school. It's it can be easy to slip, but once you're on that track. Everything will work out. You just have to work hard, and you'll get results. You just have to wait till the end. Mm. Irene, can you can you share one last little bit here um, for anybody who has been in the broader council tonight, who works with kids or is in a high school, um, and this could be for for Jamie too, of course. But um, do you network with other high schools, um, whether it be in the state or in the nation? And if so, how do people reach out to you and, and get more information about what you're up to? Because we know that a working model like yours is very valuable for other folks. Well, I mean, what, like at school, we do network with other high schools, and you know, we have friends and or relatives in other schools. But for me, how people you know hear from from me is just pretty much networking, and other people also have gone through the circle and understand our experience as well. Mhm. And Jamie, are you still with us? Do you do you want to respond to that real quickly too? I didn't hear the question because I had another phone, but I'm back on now. Okay. So the question was, are you networking with other um academics, um educators, kids from across the the state or the nation and if so, how can people stay connected with you um because of the fact that you have a great working model? Um, and a valuable resource uh, to share with other people in other places. You bring up a great point and question. As I think you've just actually given me an idea of connecting students more. Like I definitely, I mean, we have never given a training where we don't just leave ourselves available to people forever. I mean, you can call us with questions, or we help out a lot. But I, I have, I mean, all of a sudden you gave me the idea of students networking. I mean, it's a little different in every high school. I think that would be a really valuable experience for students that are experiencing circle and or other restorative processes in their school for them to network a little more with each other. It would be a great idea. Uh, and, and I'm not really aware of people that are doing that. I mean, even, you know, students in another district or another state Skyping with each other. I know it was suggested um, there were some New York teachers that really wanted to um, be connected with some of the students I worked with in northern Wisconsin, and and I think that's an amazing idea. Mm. But I, it hasn't. I'm not. I'm not aware of that having kind of networking going on right now. Well, what is your website as a good start for people to reach you and Oscar? The, the website ad, ad, address is. It's www.therestorativeway.org. Wonderful. And and also, just as a reminder um, on that note, Jamie, folks who are interested in reaching out to Sally and uh, the Student Peace Alliance, that's one great way to start mobilizing um, our youth and each other in a more um, focused, uh, focused way, especially not just with, with restorative justice, but also in broader peace building areas. So as Sally mentioned earlier, her email is sally at peacealliance.org. And it, it has been just a, a pleasure to be with you all as, um, as it always is every week on Restorative Justice on the Rise. And I want to say thank you to each of you tonight for your patience with our um, incredible group of youth mm -hmm. uh, with the technical issues, that is. Um, and I hope that it came through uh, the the power and the inspiration that you guys shared, all of you, the youth especially, and Oscar and Jamie too. Thank you all for being with us tonight. Thank you. It's Thank been you very it's been much great, you. and Thank um, thanks for your great work and for your courage and for being out there on the front lines <laughs> of restorative processes in in the United States. And um, I just want to say again, thank you to Sally Kaplan. Director of the National Student Peace Alliance for being with us tonight. 
And on behalf of the Peace Alliance, I'm your host, Molly Rowan Leach. And we're going to be talking with Brian Stevenson of the Equal Justice Institute come the first week of December. Join us every Thursday at 5 p.m. Pacific, 8 p.m. Eastern for Restorative Justice on the Rise. More information, this archive and every, every council is posted there, restorativejusticeontherise.com. Thank you all for being a part of this People Series and Virtual Council, and we'll see you in two weeks. Good night, everyone. Good night. Good night. Good night. Wow. Wow.